when it comes to like actual marketing, when you're paying marketing dollars, you put this intention behind because there is a an expectation of what the results will be. I think when people are posting on social media, sometimes we'll be like, well, let's give it a try and see if it works because it's free. So you might as well. No, it's not free. Everything has a, a value, right? So you're either eroding your own trust or you're building it. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Tracy Pontarelli from New York City, and she is a 15-year branding and marketing pro turned successful wellness entrepreneur and mindset and marketing coach. She teaches women how to strengthen their mindsets, build authentic personal brands and successful businesses by aligning with who they really are and what really lights them up inside. She loved working as an executive in marketing and PR, but after she had her kids, she found herself unhappy. She was no longer fueled by the work she was doing and was burnt out by trying to get it all done. She missed her family and felt like she was stuck and life is simply just too short to stay frustrated and stuck. So she quit that job and that's when the real work began. She figured out how to leverage her gifts and strengths to build a business around her values and her family, and she built a hugely successful wellness business and has taught hundreds and hundreds of women to do the same. Through it all, here's what she learned. You are a magnet, and whatever you're putting out, someone is picking up 100% of the time, no exceptions. Your magic lies in building an authentic personal brand rooted in your passions, strengths, and purpose. And when you do that, you fly, she says. It's her mission to help as many women as possible believe in themselves and use their authentic voices to attract in everything they want more success, more freedom, more impact, and more purpose. Now it's time for your marketing essentials moment. The basics, the essentials that you need to build your brand and your bottom line. In today's topic, I really just wanted to take a step back and go over the marketing plan basics and make sure you have all the components in your plan and that you are even doing a plan for your marketing, right? So first things first, we wanna do market research. We wanna collect and organize and write down any kind of data that we can find in our industry that we're wanting to build a plan around. And who's buying? Who is the people that you want to sell to? What is it that you're selling specifically? We're gonna talk about that. Some areas to really think about and consider while you're looking at the research that goes into your marketing plan. What are the market dynamics? What's going on in the marketplace right now? Is there seasonality to consider? What are some patterns? What are your customer demographics? The market segment, the target market, the needs, their buying decisions, what are they doing? (laughs) And of course, what is the product all about? And, or service, right? And what's out there now already? What's your competition offering? What are they doing to attract the people that you want to attract even better? And what are the sales happening in the industry? What kind of market share are you going after in this industry? What are some benchmarks? What are some things that you can glean from by looking at market benchmarks in your industry? 
And who are the vendors that can also supply you with good information, people that you would buy from to support your product or service that you're about to go do or enhance if you already have a product or service out there in the market. And then really digging deep into that target audience that you want to go after. Finding that niche, we know niches make riches, right? What is it that you can do to really create that product or service that's going to fill the need of those that you want to serve? And then thinking about how you're going to describe your product or service and what is going to be relatable. What does your market want and what do they currently use and what do they maybe not even know that they need that you can provide to them? And what can you do to make sure that they know all about what it is that you are doing? And then digging even deeper into your competition, describe your competition. Who are they? Are there some people who are maybe the outliers that are maybe that could be co-opetition, I like to say? Those that maybe have similar audiences as you do. Maybe there's some crossover, but not enough to warrant, but yet still have that industry understanding of who they serve and how they're serving them. And what can you do to relate to them even more with your offering, the pain point that you're solving or for the needs that they may have? And how can you go above and beyond and serve those needs in a different way than what your competition is doing? And then go back and think about your mission statement, your your vision of who it is and why you want to do what you do (laughs) so that you can relate back to all of those things that we're talking about. Who is it that you're selling to? What specifically are you contributing to selling to those people? What's the distinction? What's your unique selling proposition? What makes you any different or any better than your competition? And why is it that you're better? What can you do that's going to make it even more unique to them to then want to come to you instead of your competition? And thinking about the process that you're going to go through in order to make those distinctions. And then thinking about the strategy and the plan that you're going to put in place now that you have research into your market, your target audience, your competition. Now thinking about some of these strategies and promotional and advertising strategies that you can do and consider putting forward. Of course, it's all going to be dependent on a budget too, but let's think about some of the things that you could take in putting your strategies forward. What's your networking strategy? Where is your market? Go to where your market is. Are you going to use direct marketing? Sales letters, brochures, flyers, landing pages. What are you going to do to have that direct impact? And what kind of advertising are you going to spend money on? Is it print? Is it socials? Is it directories? Is it, you know, where where are you going to put your message in front of your audience that you want to attract? Are you going to do some training programs or show your expertise just enough to where they want to trust to buy from you because you're giving your expertise just enough to give them that idea that you have the value that you can offer? Uh, And that way you can also increase awareness by doing these things. Maybe you want to write blog posts or articles or give advice or do those things that will help you continue to build that trust as an expert in your field. Maybe you want to do some direct or personal selling. Maybe it's publicity and press releases, doing something press worthy to get your name out there and build awareness. Maybe you're going to attend trade shows or participate in trade shows or have a booth at a trade show within your industry. Or 
your website. Think about all of the things that we can do with the marketing strategies that can go into your website with landing pages and QR codes that can drive to a specific page. Lots of different marketing strategies and advertising and promotional and PR that we can think about. And of course, putting a priority on all of those things so that you can do some things really, really well and not try to do all of the things, right? Because if you do many things, you're not going to do anything well. If you do some of those things, you can dial those in really well and then move on to the next tactic that you may want to take. And think about your pricing and your positioning and your branding with all of the information and research that you're gathering now and establishing those strategies and determining how you're gonna charge your customers. Maybe it's a membership or a subscription based with reoccurring revenue on an ongoing basis. Maybe it's just a one-time fee or maybe it's a high ticket item or maybe you've got some upsells that you can add on to what you're doing. Thinking about how you're going to position what it is that you offer and on an ongoing basis. Uh, we love to be able to create memberships or subscriptions or things that people want to continue to buy from you. So it's just not a one and done or, you know, one and done ordeal. <laughs> and then that way you can also continue to build that brand awareness by having repeat loyal customers on an ongoing basis. And then thinking about all those strategies and planning and prioritizing those things, how are you going to spend the money? And how much are you going to invest up front as an initial injection to get all the things going? And maybe revamping if you are have been in business for a while and you need more to go. So think about the budget and how you can do it. And sometimes we work backwards where we think, okay, here's the budget you have. Now what can we do within that budget and that timeline and that time frame? Or we go about it another way and say, here's all the recommendations of things we think you need to do, and here's how much it's going to cost for each of those things to do all of that. Some people look at budget as a percentage of top line revenue. And, you know, within your industry, I'm sure there's different standards and benchmarks that people spend money on in their in your marketing, in your industry. Uh, but sometimes it's, you know, let's just take a number of, let's say, 10% or 20% of our top line revenue, and that's what we're going to reinvest in marketing. And as our product or services sell, we're going to reinvest and continue to invest. And the idea is to gain more new loyal customers and have their lifetime value of what they spend with you increase over time. And that way, too, we want to look at, okay, if we're increasing our customer base, we want to be able to get so efficient at what we're doing and gathering and gaining more new loyal clients that we don't have to spend as much to get new clients, but then also retaining the clients that you currently have and having a whole strategy plan around retaining those clients that you've worked so hard to gain and get and then increasing their lifetime value of what they're going to spend with you. So establishing those quantifiable marketing goals using numbers where you can or even sentiment scoring on a scale of 1 to 10 how likely would they buy from you again on a scale of 1 to 10 how uh, prominent is your brand over somebody else's those types of things you can use sentiment scoring when it's harder to have actual data that is concrete evidence of what your tactics are, are how they're performing but you can have goals such as we want to increase at least 30 new clients within X amount of time and sell 10 new products to them per week or upsell them on different levels or packages or subscriptions. And we want to increase uh, total income by 30% this year 
or whatever the goal is that you want to create. It's just an example, but you could also include, you know, sales. You can include profit goals. You can include customer satisfaction goals. You can make goals based on uh, customer reviews and making sure that you get a five-star review or uh, think about the different tools that you can use to be able to track and measure I always say, measure what you treasure, (laughs) automate what you hate, measure what you treasure, and dump what you don't. (laughs) And then, of course, monitoring those results, testing and analyzing and doing new iterations every time and understanding what works, what doesn't, and what to stop, start, keep, or tweak. These are all things that we do because, you know, (laughs) marketing is not... A sprint. It's a you know a marathon, an ongoing, long-term investment in into your marketing and and being able to track the leads and the visitors to your website and the percentage of increase in sales to your impressions or whatever KPIs, kept promise indicators or key performance indicators that you can track will help you continuously build and grow and continue to make sure that your marketing strategy and plan is highly effective. And when it's not, it's okay to pivot and you can do some course corrections along the way. And as you understand and learn and grow and fail forward faster, (laughs) you can use that to your advantage and use those experiences to significantly impact the results that you're receiving. And of course, think about how those results are going to continuously build and scale and grow your business. So if you don't have a marketing plan and you need some help with some of this, Always feel free to reach out to us at Peppershock Media. This is what we love and do, and we are passionate about it in helping you solve some of your marketing problems you may have. I always say, though, we don't have problems. We have opportunities. (laughs) All right. So with that said, let's get into our interview with Tracy. You're in for a treat. Let's go. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition community. And today's guest, we have Tracy with us. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Hi, Ray. So good to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you all the way from New York City. (laughs) Big Apple. That's right. So Tracy, let's just give a a background um, about you and what you're up to now. Just give us an overview just so that our audience can know who we're talking to today. Yeah. You know, I love telling my story because it's an example that no experience is wasted, (laughs) right? It all shows up. If it hasn't shown up yet, just give it time. It'll show up. My career started in New York City uh, many moons ago, working in uh, marketing and public relations at a major firm here in Manhattan, which I did for about 14 years. Um, And then I started to have kids. My early thirties, I started to have kids I can and, relate to that. <laughs> yeah, my husband works in finance here in the city. It started to feel like it was an impossible task. And I think also just um, God, the beauty of having um, children is so many, so many gifts, but one is that you realize that what you've been so focused on might not be the only thing. And so right. it really gave me some perspective. And so I decided to stop working full time. I tried to freelance for a couple of years really just wandered around trying to figure out who I was. Um, And and through that process, I really, I I decided to take a pivot and 
um, go into wellness, which is really a passion of mine. So um, I've always been, I've been a, a, you know, a, an instructor on the side, kind of doing that alongside everything. So I really um, kind of dug into fitness. So I got recertified as a personal trainer. I went and got certified as a wellness coach. And that had kind of head, headed me down this path of wellness, which has been so fun. Yeah. And then through that journey, I um, started to partner with, and I've done it a couple of times with different network marketing companies as a way to expand my reach and help more people get healthy. And through that journey, which I love that industry, right. it really, um, people will say, well, you that was really easy for you because you were a wellness professional. And I say, no, it was, it was, uh, it worked for me because I was a branding professional yes. and I had a market. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't my wellness. It was my marketing background. And so I really, um, what I've grown into is really helping coach solopreneurs who do a lot of their work on social media, using social selling as one of their main tools, helping them understand how to define their personal brand in a meaningful way and then how to show up on social media in a way that's attractive, because as we, you and I both know, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. So yeah. really helping people take a look at that from a practical way. Someone who probably has no experience in doing this type of thing, like, where do you begin? How do you start? And how to help people show up in a more authentic way that's more fun for them on social media. So I think it can really be a slog for a lot of people. Absolutely. And I love that you have the intersection of both and recognize that, you know, you can be a wellness coach, you can be all these things, but if you don't know how to market your brand, no one's going to know about it, right? Right. And it's a learned skill, you know, and we kind of throw yeah. people into the deep end of the pool and say, good luck, go get it. And um, that's why people feel so unsuccessful. It's true. And I think it's it's so helpful when people can hear positive stories about how things have transitioned for them. And and I also recognize, you know, having a career and kids and, and doing all the things, right? And wearing so many hats. Wellness is good to be uh, in, in an industry to be in because it, it does, it can get overlooked so easily. <laughs> yeah. It sure, sure can. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about some of the tactics that you took that you learned, you know, like you said, it's kind of a, some, some regard self-taught, but you had the marketing background, the branding bar background, share with us some of the things that you did and now do with your people that you work with now. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that, um, sometimes can get lost on the average person is the trust in, in showing up as their most authentic self. Right. So that idea of that personal brand, not being your logo, your, your colors, right. Your like brand identity, but who are you and how do you want to show up in the world? What lights you up? What gets you excited? What are your passions and how can you take that most authentic version of yourself in the best possible way and use that to match up against your target? avatar. So I think people jump to the avatar, right? And oftentimes I feel like this is where um, that imposter syndrome kicks in, right? Because we go straight to the avatar and then, and then a lot of imposter syndrome, like, I, I don't feel like I can properly serve this person. I'm a fraud. I'm not, you know, in, in that, that feeling of comparison, where if you start with yourself 
and understand that when you connect with, with the other person in a really authentic way, that is the true access point where you will make that deep, deep connection. And, um, and I do feel like a lot of people just don't trust that, that they're enough, mm -hmm. um, to, to be enough. And, and we they are, we all are, we're all enough. And so that's really where a lot of the work starts because I think when people start to really trust that they have something to offer and value to give, then everything becomes easier. But if you don't really do that work first, you're always trying to be someone who you don't yet feel like you are. Right. That kind of imposter syndrome or the fear of failure or all of those things that come up and confidence busters that, you know, can prohibit people from moving forward, right? And doing the things that they they do know to do, right? Right. And that feeling of shooting, um, and I, I'm sure you do this work all the time with your clients. But I mean, when you ask someone, the most challenging thing for people is to figure out who their target is, right? And, and there's this fear based in it. They don't want to miss anyone. They don't want to feel like they've gone into narrow and then they won't, they won't, they, right? They're leaving people out. This feeling that they, you know, real fear. And I think that once you get clear on, really clear on who you are and who you're trying to serve. And again, this isn't, um, this is really for um, solopreneurs, right? So like they're the brand, right? <laughs> you're the brand, right? You're a coach, you're the brand. And um, it's why, why would people want to do business with you? And who do you really want to help versus who do you think you should be helping? Right. right? It's, right. it's really trying to like peel back those layers and really try to get down to, and oftentimes what I see for a lot of coaches and uh, social entrepreneurs is they're trying to help someone that looks a lot like them. Mm -hmm. Right. And that idea that you don't have to be the expert, you just need to be a little bit in front of where they are right now. You can be five minutes ahead. And as long as you're helping them go where they want to go, you are adding value. You don't need to be the expert. Yeah, I like that saying, don't should on me, right? The, the shoulds, oh, yeah. you know, so so it's almost like you got to turn it on yourself. Don't should on me myself. Don't should all over, <laughs> don't should all over, you're shooting all over yourself. Don't be shooting all over yourself. <laughs> oh, that's so I know, true. my husband jokes because he says should. I'm like, you should. Don't shit on me. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard that. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> One of my favorite phrases. Yeah. And my I have uh, two teenage boys. So it's our job as, as moms to guide them, mold them, grow them, teach them, right? And you should be doing this and you should be doing that. I catch myself. I'm like, well, do you think you could? <laughs> Maybe you could. So I have, I have I have a couple of teenagers in my house too. It's really, they teach us a lot, don't they? Oh, they do. <laughs> yes, they can be uh, good testers of patience too. Sometimes, <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so let's let's dig into a little bit more. So, um, when you have a client and you're beginning to work with them, walk me through the process of what it what you do, how you go about getting to them to this point to where they can have the confidence and the, and you know, they, they are, you know, doing the solopreneurship or in uh, even companies who have people who act like entrepreneurs inside the company, you know, there's, there's that kind of idea. Um, but let's get them to, to where you're working with them. What are some things that happen? What are some tangible things that occur from, from you having worked with them? 
Yeah. So, I mean, what starts to happen is there becomes a lot more clarity in their messaging. Because once you know, I also, I, I'll say this, I'm a huge fan of the law of attraction. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I believe what you put out is coming back like a magnet. So I would call it magnetic marketing. Your yeah. whatever you put out is coming back to you a hundred percent of the time. You're either pulling it towards you or you're pushing it away. And, and I mean, we all see this on social media. Somebody we really resonate with will press follow. Other people will say, oh, that's not, my, nope, that's not my, <laughs> not my jam, right? So really yeah. helping people understand that the intention behind the activity is the most important thing. And so you really want to know why you're doing any activity. What is the intention of that activity? What do you hope to accomplish instead of throwing things out there and hope that they stick? And I do feel like when it comes to like actual marketing, when you're paying marketing dollars, you put this intention behind because there is a an expectation of what the results will be. I think when people are posting on social media, sometimes they'll be like, well, let's give it a try and see if it works because it's free. So you might as well. No, it's not free. Everything has a, a value, right? So you're either eroding your own trust or you're building it. And so what I start to see is that people can really build those brand pillars and once they build the brand pillars that are really based on things that they are excited about and interested in. Yeah. And frankly, I mean, I, you know, I, everyone has their opinions, but if you're, if you're, if you're working on something that doesn't light you up, I, I would say, take a step back and decide how you're deciding to spend your days because, you know, we're not here for that long. And so if you're, you're working on something that d- does not bring you joy, does not get you excited that's a really important question to be asking yourself why you're still doing this and how can you start to shift to something that brings you more joy, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm making the assumption that people are doing stuff that they really love. <laughs> right. Once they line it up with their brand pillars, then the rest of the content creation becomes easy. And so in I have a magnetic marketing course. And so then I start to help them understand what does value look like in your social media content? Um, how, how are the different ways that you can do that? What are the different platforms? What's the content that works best on there and all that stuff. But that's kind of like at the end of the process, right? The first process is get really confident and grounded and solid in who you are and who you're helping. And then the rest really starts to take care of itself. You know, I very rarely struggle with social media content because I know who I am and I know who I'm trying to serve. So it kind of comes easy to me because I've landed on it now. Did I know it all at once? No. Has it changed over the years? Sure. As we grow, so does that, right? It's, I mean, so I try to help people understand nothing's like, in, nothing's written in stone. You evolve as you evolve. This will evolve too. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think people just start to really trust themselves. And I think it's good to, to reiterate to the fact that it's not necessarily about how many followers you have, right? It's it's about the people, like you said, the people that you want to serve, that you feel you that you're lit up about wanting to serve, and those quality people. You know, it's quality over quantity, right? I mean, it's so so much people are like, well, how many followers do you have, or you know, what's your what's your social, you know, all the 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 things that doesn't necessarily matter as much, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. In fact, I mean, you look at like, I mean, gosh. And I know marketing is about pain points and fear, but I'm sure you as, as well as I do, everyone's probably listening to this has been uh, hit up on social media with oh, yeah. these, you know, 
people that tell you they can get you followers. And not only does that not help your algorithm, right? Because it really, if you've got a bunch of fake accounts, then you're you're lessening your ability to actually get to the people who are actually fans. Mm-hmm. And you feel like a fraud. You feel like a fraud because you bought followers. And so when I talk like back to the congruence and authenticity, I, I feel like that's more um, destructive to your feelings of worth and ability because you know that you paid for it and it's fake. And right. then now you've got that hanging on your shoulders <laughs> yeah. with everything else you're trying to figure out. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't, I agree with you so much. It, it really is like, if you had a hundred people on social media who truly got value from you, fantastic. Right. Yeah. But there are ways to grow that in a really authentic way. And it doesn't have to be overnight. And you can go find those people who feel the same way you do. And there's ways to do that in a super authentic way, right? There's just so many good ways to go about that organic, authentic growth. I think Instagram did itself a disservice to people who were trying to get followers so they could have 10,000 followers so that they could put a link in, right? And I saw that. I mean, it was, it's true. And it's sad because they, they kind of, it sort of backfired on, you know, the the whole purpose of the platform. And yeah, it was like, just open up the link to anyone who wants to post the link. (laughs) And P.S. I also, I mean, we make up everything. Everything's made up. Instagram made up that number. Like literally stuck stuck their finger in this guy and said, what number is good? 10,000? Okay, let's do, I mean, it was based on nothing. You know, nothing. And so, so now you're going to put worth in a number that Instagram made up Mm-hmm. out of no nothing right <laughs> right but now we don't have to do that they have the, the links in the stories so nobody has to get ten thousand anymore they realized they realized uh oh <laughs> what's happening here <laughs> they built a little cottage industry of people selling fake followers yeah i didn't intend to yeah totally <laughs> yeah and it's interesting because now i think they were for a while toying with not having how many followers or how like how many likes were on there as a social experiment. And I didn't follow it to, to see if that is true. I don't even know if they, if they did that or stuck with that or not. So some people can turn off the, the, for, you can turn it off. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was a while ago that I saw some article about it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. It'll be an experiment to see because people are so, you know, we're so frenzy about how many followers and how many likes and how many shares and all that. And yeah. (laughs) No, I love, I love um, social media for so many things. And I look at all the good it can do and connect people. Like I'm starting a book club tonight. Oh, good. Yeah. And I put it out on social media and, you know, like 50 people are now going to be part of the book club. And we all connected on a Facebook group and we're connecting on Zoom. I mean, thank God for this stuff, right? Like it's really fantastic. On the other side, when we think about judgment and comparison, right. which are the things that really um, make us most unhappy, um, it's, an, it's a constant ability to judge and compare, judge and compare, judge and compare, right? You like something, you don't like something, you're judging the content mm-hmm. in the people and you're comparing. And so it really does take some discipline. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll be yeah. having these 
expectations about social media. It seems like it's really starting to kick up. And um, and I think it's an important conversation. So we gotta figure it out, you know. This is, you know, it's obviously not serving a lot of people that get on there. Oh yeah. And you can go down a TikTok rabbit hole for hours if you're if you're not careful, you know. I mean, I, I'm on TikTok. I don't do a lot with TikTok, but I mean I watch other people's videos and you know, pretty soon it's an hour later. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> I mean, that's remarkable what they're able to do because they can send you more of what you like just mm-hmm. by how long you watch something. And then before right. you know it, it's like a perfectly curated, actually my son and I, I'm going to digress a little bit. We were in the car. It's a New York city thing. It's alternate alternating sides of the street parking today. So <laughs> we were sitting in the car waiting for the car sweeper to come so we could go out and back, back in. And we were both joking about how his TikTok. so he's 19, uh-huh. his TikTok looks nothing like my, t- like we have right. not one thing that overlaps on our TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I can imagine. I know when if we first got it going, my, he was 12 at the time. Now he's 15, but he, he helped me, you know, figure out TikTok and he, he did, you know, all the filters and all the things. And, and it just, he was like, here, you need to follow these people. So when we very first started, my 12 year old set me up with people to follow. So I think my, 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 uh, algorithm got a little skewed. <laughs> yeah, it was fun though. And now a word from one of our sponsors, coach outlet. I don't know about you ladies, but I love my coach purses and guys, if you have a special girl or a mother in your life or a sister, I'm guaranteeing they're going to like it too. So Go to peppershock.com slash offers and select the link and you'll get $10 off your first $100 order on Coach Outlet products, courtesy of your friend, me, Ray Allen. So peppershock.com slash offers, go get your $10 off your first $100 today at Coach Outlet. So just I kind of want to dig a little more into some of the, the tactics and things that our audience listen for as, you know, ideas that they can get or inspiration on you know, ways that they can improve their, their, you know, marketing and building their brand and their bottom line. Right. Um, so what are some maybe resources or some, uh, you know, platforms or things that you've used that have helped you along the way that you just are, you have to go to this page or you have to listen to this podcast or you must do this or read this book or something like that. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm going to start with the, the law of attraction stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I really would encourage anybody who that feels like it resonates with to go listen to some of the work by Abraham Hicks. Um, and there's a book called the law of attraction. You can also follow them on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's, ju- there's a bunch of different resources. They've been around for a really long time. Um, and really start to understand how powerful your energy is. And how it's really the most important thing. And so everyone that's listening, you know, listen, we all want to um, achieve our goals and be successful. And, you know, we're on this planet to challenge ourselves and stretch ourselves. If you're doing it out of a place where you don't feel like you're enough and you're not going to be happy until you're never going to be happy. And right. so just really... um I spent a lot of time, a lot of years, especially those early years in in New York, wearing my busyness like a badge of honor Mm -hmm. and, you know, my productivity, like a badge of honor. And I really just think I used it as a shield for not knowing what I really wanted. 
you know, and, um, and so I would just really encourage everyone to start with that because I think that's the most important thing. I would encourage everyone. I've got a podcast and I, I review all of this stuff on my podcast and give like the, I've got a personal branding workbook that's free that Mm -hmm. anybody can grab and that's all available. So I would, I would offer that up because, you know, I did a lot of, I mean, I've done all this work in branding, but I also, you know, I really started to try to figure out how can I teach this to other people? I looked at a lot of the personal branding work mm-hmm. and it's more on the back end of the equation. Like it really is more the kind of aesthetic, which is important stuff. Mm-hmm. But until you do that internal work, I just don't think it, it, it really, you're never going to feel like it's enough because you're not grounded in, in that authenticity. So yeah, I, I would say, you know, I, I hop on mine. I'm going to start over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to start back at the magnetic marketing course, and I'm going to start in module one and I'm going to do every single module all over again. So people could literally just follow along on the podcast and, um, and take that step by step. I love that magnetic marketing. I think that that is, it, it, it's definitely, um, I mean, you understand it right away. So the, the, right. the idea of magnetic marketing is, is amazing. Yeah. And I do feel like, I mean, I'm sure all of the stuff that you do, like when people start to think, so I'll hear people talk, you know, ask me about lead magnets and funnels and yes. And get the first stuff done first, because I do, you're going to have to go back and answer those questions. Yeah. Yeah. Don't answer the questions, get clear on that stuff. And then I think that's when you start to like the, the, you can really press the gas because you know who you are and you know who you're talking to and you know what the things are that you want to say. And then that is just, all those are just tactics to, you know, just take those same messages and just apply them right in. So, um, yeah, I, 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 and I feel like this is where people get stuck the most. Yeah. They don't know how to answer those questions. I mean, they might be posing the questions, but maybe it's not the right questions to ask or or answer. Or, you know, there's there's lots of different ways to go about it. But you're right. I think if they can, like you said, have that basis, have that groundwork done, that's going to be able to feed them all kinds of good content to share. <laughs> it's a never-ending supply once you know, once you land on what are the things that bring me joy, that get me excited. The way I like to describe it is the intersection of your passions and their needs, mm-hmm. right? When when your passions and interests overlap with your target audience's needs and desires, boom, you're off to the races. That, that, I like that intersection a lot. <laughs> That's a good way to put it for sure. Um, okay, what are some of the biggest maybe surprises that have happened in the last, I don't know, six months or so that you've seen as people you've worked with them, I mean, what are some things or some uh, examples of things that uh, surprised you? Well, um, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think when I first launched this course, I, I was, I, I really, um, I didn't anticipate how much this personal branding exercise would help people feel better about themselves. Awesome. So, you know, I, I knew that it would bring the clarity, but I didn't realize, I think the extent to which people didn't feel like they were enough. 
And, um, you know, I mean, we could have a whole different conversation on that. You know, I, I mean, we are worthy. You're worthy. Even if you don't do a thing on your business today, right? Your worth has nothing to do with your productivity, mm-hmm. but, um, your productivity goes up when you understand your worth. <laughs> yeah, I love right? it. Right? Yeah. So, so I, it really is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you'll get more accomplished when you believe you're worth it and you're not doing it to prove your worth. You're doing it because you know you're worthy of it, right? It's like the intention behind the activity. Are you doing it because you don't feel like you're enough or are you doing it because you know you're enough and it's definitely happening for you? Right. So it's that conviction. So I think that was probably the biggest, most rewarding piece of it is how people really started to believe in themselves and that what they had to say had worth and that it was enough. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Another question for you, uh, because we all are in this marketing journey together and I'm curious to learn, you know, what you would do if you had an extra, let's say, $50,000 to spend that you just, you know, were able to get granted or somehow you had some waterfall of money come in and you've got this $50,000 that you have to spend or it will go away. So you have to do it. (laughs) What would you spend your $50,000 on? So I'll tell you my, my instinct right now would be to spend it on Pinterest advertising. Pinterest. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So I've been getting very excited about Pinterest. Okay. To dig yeah. into it more. Well, I'll loop back with you in a couple of months. I'm only a couple of months into this process. Yeah. But it has been very frustrating. And, you know, things like podcasts is great to have these as like longer format, right. longer self life content. Right. And, and again, the idea of going macro to micro content all comes when you know who you are. You know what yeah. But the idea that um, Instagram and Facebook is so flash in the pan. And you create a piece of content that's really valuable and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. Pinterest is a search engine. Right. And so the same content can live there and have a life much longer and send people right back to those same offers that you have. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been hearing that and, and it's just, I don't think a lot of people are, are doing it right now. So I think it's a huge opportunity, um, to, to use that as a way to drive traffic. I I know actually I've got a friend who works at another agency and she said now more than 50% of her traffic comes straight from Pinterest, unpaid, non-paid traffic from organic. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Organic traffic from Pinterest. So I think it's a huge opportunity. I think a lot of people aren't doing it right now. So if you're listening, yeah, (laughs) I, 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 I think it's a huge opportunity and and that stuff stays um, mm-hmm. because it's searchable. There's another vortex. Be careful. Set a timer when you go down the Pinterest loop. But well, and it's and it is. I think it is an opportunity because people don't always think about it. But when you're searching for things, Pinterest still comes up. And I think I heard that it's like the second or third largest search engine next to Google and YouTube. Where uh, and you can post all of your own content on there and be part of the search engine. Totally. We had a podcast interview with a Pinterest rep a while ago, and I think that they are exploding and they, and they actually with agencies will have a rep work with you and help you get to your, to your target of what you want to accomplish. And, 
Um, and they're very helpful and very, you know, attentive and you don't have to search and search and search just to contact somebody and, you know, they, they want to help you. (laughs) Yeah. And, and you can, you can create content and then put it into Tailwind, which is a great app that is an auto scheduler. And, um, and you're not penalized for doing that auto scheduler. Like you can be on other platforms, right? Other platforms don't love when you're not on physically on the platform. Yep. Pinterest is not like worried about whether or not you're there when that content's posted. And um, there's, I think there's just so many good strategies to show up on other pages and yeah. add value. And it's really, I mean, yeah, it's pretty brilliant. Jenna um, Kutcher does a good, good piece on Pinterest. If anyone's curious about it, she's got a good free training on Pinterest. Awesome. That's definitely one I'm going to add to my list of things that I, you know, I have socials that I check and I try to schedule how much time I'm on them and what I'm doing, but uh, I need to, to do that again because it's not a part of my regular, you know, right. schedule to, to look at it. So definitely something to, to consider doing. Okay. Uh, maybe two more questions. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what are some of your and I love this question. What is what are some of the maybe the characteristics, uh, maybe some of your worst and best characteristics that you feel that have served you well in your career? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just had this conversation with um I, I've worked with this amazing mindset coach. His name is Scott Bauman, B-O-W-M-A-N. He's amazing. And um he he allowed me to thank my hustling self nice. for creating all that I have. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I, I live in New York city. I have this amazing life and I, I really have a life that, you know, I, I pinch myself. If you told me I'd be living this life when I grew up in this little town in Rhode Island, I would have said, you're crazy. It's never going to happen. Right. <laughs> I'm living this life. And, um, and sometimes I can look back on myself in judgment and think, God, you should have slowed down, but you know, she got me here. Yeah. She got me here. So I think that, um, that ability to that hustler in me, that kind of scrappy girl that like found her way here and made it. Did those side jobs, did the gigs in the wellness industry while you were doing, you know, working for corporate America, you know, our executives. I I worked one job, just one job until (laughs) I was 28 years old. I was, I, I always had a side hustle. Yeah, well, and then so, you had kids. So that was another, right. you know, a different kind of, <laughs> not that our kids are side hustles, but it was just a whole nother, you know, it was another job. Like becoming a mom is a whole nother job, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I think like, you know, a loving all parts of yourself. Um, but I, I would say that hustler in me, I just like, I got a, I got a lover. Um, sometimes she's loud and I need her to be quiet, oh. <laughs> but, um, but that, that I really, I really do. And, and the fact that I just haven't been afraid to try things, I think I had nothing to lose, you know, for so many years. And over that time, I learned that every, it all works out. And even if it doesn't work out, it's fine. You know, so I think they you learn from it, right? I mean, that's, yeah, it's like yeah. the whole fail faster forward more, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I think the thing that I, about myself that I, I think has been my greatest gift is that uh, I'm willing to really dig into the work 
you know, the real work, the internal work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's been my greatest gift because those are where the breakthroughs are when you're willing to just look at how you think about things and be willing to be open to look at them differently and not you know that growth mindset that really that growth mindset I'd say is probably been my greatest gift. And the older I get, the more I realize I don't know a lot. <laughs> so just like that idea that there's always an opportunity to learn something new, to do something differently. I don't know what I don't know. Things change all the time. I mean, gosh, you know, when you and I started in this stuff, you know, you couldn't have a Zoom call. Like none of this existed. Well, right. Yeah. It's come along. I remember way. life before any social media channels. I know. <laughs> right. It's crazy. So, yeah. Just that that openness has probably been my my greatest gift. That just willingness to be seen as a beginner, the willingness to admit what I don't know, the willingness to not have to be seen as an expert, just a resource, just you know, someone who can maybe help you get from point A to point B, you know, not know all the answers. I think that's been my greatest gift in my second part of my career is really that feeling. And, and, and that has opened up all the opportunities. Right. Well, and I think that there's something to be said about the people who are lifelong learners who want to learn more and broaden their skill set and do things that are going to continue to progress them in their careers, not just because the job wants you to, or not because, you know, your boss tells you to, but you, if you have that genuinely, you know, desire to pick up new skill sets, pick up new things that about, about yourself and doing that professional development, it's going to get you a lot further in your career path than if you just do the, you know, I'm going to work nine to five. I'm not doing anything else beyond anything else on my own time versus spending time on yourself. Right. There's that phrase that says the uninspired can't inspire. Yeah. And if you're not doing anything to get yourself excited to learn something new, you know, how can you get anybody else excited? Right. Right. It's that curiosity. I like to call life life school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're all here just t- taking lessons, learning what we're supposed to learn. If you just keep saying, all right, what's the next lesson? Where's my next lesson? What am, yep. What's this supposed to, what is this moment teaching me right now? Yeah. What's the lesson in that? What did we learn? <laughs> exactly. There's always a lesson. Sometimes they're a little painful, but they're always there. After every project we do, we, we do what we call a postmortem and we, you know, talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. And it's like, it's one more meeting that we have to attend. Oh, brother. But it's on my, my perspective, like if we don't process, what did we learn? What went well? What didn't go well? And, you know, what could we do differently or better or more efficiently or be more productive? And I feel like sometimes people just get going so quickly that they want to dismiss what they, they, the experience that they just had and not absorb it and recognize and, and, you know, recognize the celebrations, right? The wins, but there's always going to be some things that could be improved, right? That iteration of improvement. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great book. I'll, I'll leave this as the last suggestion. Um, And I recommend this to everyone. It's called the gap in the gain. I don't know if you know, Dan Sullivan, um, strategic coach, He, he and his uh, amazing man, Ben, Ben Hardy co-wrote this book together and it's about um, measuring backwards instead of always looking forwards because 
there's always another thing. You're never at the forward thing, right? You're never, you're never there. There's always the horizon's always in front of you. And so that, that practice of looking back saying, what did I learn? What would we do differently? Like, like, what did I gain from that is, um, is one of the keys to happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Or else you're always just, you're never really, you're never really in it. Right. You know? You're right. You're always on the no, treadmill. No, no, no. Actually, I can still remember when I was working my twenties and I said to my sister, I was always working. I was exhausted. And I said, after this project, it'll be better. And she said, you know, that you say that all the time, uh-huh. don't you? It's like, Oh, do I <laughs> just one more thing? I'm just going to do this yeah. and it's going to be better. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> then I'll rest. I'll do that. And then I'll, then I'll catch up on sleep. You know, it's like, Well, and same thing with marketing, right? I mean, it's a journey. There's always going to be something different or new or ways to try that's going to be better than before. And and maybe not. Sometimes we try things that are like completely like, what were we doing? (laughs) But you learn from that too. (laughs) Too. Just as valuable, not as enjoyable, but just as valuable. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I say we have, we have, uh, we don't have problems. We have opportunities. (laughs) Indeed. Well, this has been wonderful, Tracy. Uh, any last uh, things that you'd like to share, how people can connect with you, get your, your class, your your workshops and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can just hop onto my Instagram. That's the best place. You can go to my website, tracypontarelli.com, but Instagram is where you're going to find the most recent stuff. And in my bio, there's always going to be the most recent information. Or you can connect with me on there. It's and Coach it's, Tracy. Coach Tracy. Tracy. Yeah, Coach Tracy underscore P, Tracy with an EY, Coach Tracy underscore P, Coach Tracy P. And we'll put that in the show. If you search Tracy Pontarelli, I pop up. Perfect. Perfect. Well, excellent. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your nuggets of wisdom. And there's lots of quotable moments for you. I think that's that's great. Uh, And for those of you listening now, the best thing that you can do for Tracy and I is to share this with others you think need to hear it, right? Right. And also um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast as well as what's your podcast, Tracy? It's called the Magnetic Marketing and Mindset Show. The Magnetic Marketing and Mindset Show. I'm definitely going to go follow that too. And uh, we will uh, put this out there in the world and uh, share it with others. Give us a review and that's going to be like gold to us. So thank you so much. And uh, until next time, everyone, enjoy your marketing journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.